This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to the show. In moments, the next incoming WHL commissioner has been unveiled. Dan Neer takes over the role in the new year with Ron Robison stepping away. A sit-down introduction chat with Dan is coming up. Here are his thoughts on where he'd like to take the league in the years ahead. The Victoria Royals have a star in the making. 16-year-old forward Cole Reshney. He's coming off a hat-trick earlier this week. And it seems the sky is the limit. We'll have more with him. And the Tempo WHL Player of the Week is Medicine at Tigers forward Andrew Basha. He'll close out the show talking Tigers. First up. Dan Neer has been named the next WHL commissioner. The Adidas hockey executive and former NHL marketing professional will be working out of the WHL office in the new year. WHL communications and content manager Cami Kepke sat down with Dan for WHL this week. First off, congratulations on the new job. What initially drew you to the league? Well, first, thank you. It's incredible to be here in Calgary. Uh, my family's been talking about this and excited about this for some time. And so uh, I've, I've been watching you, I've been watching all your content. I'm ready for this. I, th- I think I can handle it. But, um, you know, what drew me to the league, I think, is the incredible opportunity to associate myself with the best development league in the world. Um, you know, everything that's going on with the game right now. Uh, it's unquestionably where the best prospects are coming to play. And what an honor it is to be here, to have a chance to influence the future of the league, to collaborate with the stakeholders here today, the business partners, the hockey ops teams, the content creators, um, and hopefully have an influence on where this game goes. I think that's a big part of what I hope uh, to accomplish here is to make an impact, to leave it better than where I started. And you're originally from Markham, Ontario, definitely a place known for producing hockey players. How did you get into hockey growing up and uh, as a player and eventually on the business side? So I, I grew up playing like really most Canadians do, um, but I did a lot of things. Uh, it was in the height of the Blue Jays World Series runs and I wanted to play baseball. I actually ended up going to Western in London to play college football, which lasted about a year um, before I moved on to other things. But hockey was always part of my life. Um, I played at St. Andrews College uh, in Aurora, Ontario. We were runners up at, uh, at the OFSA Provincial Tournament two out of the three years I played on the varsity team. And so hockey's always been in my blood. Um, but it was clear early on that I was never going to play major junior or NHL. So I thought the idea of maybe carrying a league business card uh, might be the next best thing, having a league email address. And I do remember the first day when I worked at the National Hockey League in New York of sending an email from that email address and uh, saying, wow, this is pretty cool. And so we've been talking this week about getting my WHL email set up and doing the same thing here because hockey has been really part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I have an uncle who won a Memorial Cup with the Cornwall Royals in maybe 79, played with Dale Howarchuk and Dan Dau. And so there's a lot of hockey in my family. Um, and so I'm excited to be able to leave my mark on the game in a different way. You mentioned the NHL. You spent a decade there in revenue and branding. How does that experience translate to the WHL? So uh, it was each step of my career has really been a dream come true. I never really thought 
I'd be going into Manhattan, working at the NHL headquarters with all of these executives who you know about and hear about and are influencing the game. Um, but I, I think that uh, one of the things about the sport of hockey, particularly in the U.S., is it's an underdog sport. It's a sport that you got to get into the arena to see it, to understand it, to feel the passion and energy around it. And I started to capture that. I started to see it. And I started to listen and understand how fans are consuming the game um, and the way that people think about our sport. And so uh, I hope what I can bring is a way of thinking that is a little innovative, a little creative, um, maybe even unorthodox in some cases, but this idea that we should be trying things. We should be making sure that while we cater to the history and heritage and honor that exists in the sport, that we're also thinking of what are the new ways to attract fans, to bring a new audience in? What is Gen Z thinking about the way that we do things? Uh, and I think that'll be an important part of what we do. I really admire the education program here. I haven't had experience in Major Junior before. It's been professional and this idea of the notion that every player in our league is guaranteed a scholarship. The idea that 350 players, this ex-players this year, are now pursuing post-secondary education funded by the owners, funded by the clubs, I think is a really cool dimension of what we do. So you start to fuse the on ice, the off ice, and then starting to think about what our consumer and what our fan is looking for, I think that it's a really potent combination and is going to be a really fun, um, hopefully, a long tenure here. Uh, you mentioned innovation, creativity. So in your time with Adidas, one of the highlights seems to be bringing in the reverse retro jerseys, which brought in a really cool streetwear kind of feel to the NHL. Do you foresee trying to bring ideas like that to the dub? So... Um, I would love to bring ideas like that to the Western League. Reverse retro was something that was really uh, a combination of dozens of ideas that we brought together. We invited the Commissioner Bettman, Bill Daly, and a group of his senior executives to Adidas Creative Farm, it was called, in Brooklyn, New York. And it was a really cool place. Ludacris was there that day doing some other creative exercise. Our basketball designers were in another area. And so we brought the league executives in there and we created a design studio. And we showed them uh, a whole bunch of different concepts, everything from Pride Night concepts to the helmet decals that were worn during the outdoor games to, you know, we had an idea about the tragically hip and a Gord Downey tribute uh, moment. And, you know, and reverse retro was one of those concepts that we presented. And what was so special about that is, again, honoring and respecting the heritage of the game. So there was true authenticity in what we were doing. But we were doing things that the average season ticket holder or someone who revered the brand might be a little uneasy, a little uncomfortable with. And I think that we need to be contemplating that when we think about how do we bring a new audience in? How do we ensure we're doing things that are relevant to communities beyond the people who are in our rink every night? Not to alienate them, but to expand the pie. And, uh, and so I certainly hope whether it's in the area of uniforms and branding or whether it's in other areas of the game, that uh, we can collaborate, that we can try new things, that we can bring in partners. And we'll never know what the line is uh, as far as how much creativity we can bring to the game and, and, unless we don't cross it. We'll have to cross it a few times. And guess what? We're not going to get every single thing right. But if we can be right 90% of the time 
and start to understand where tolerance levels are, what are the types of things that work, what will bring more people into our buildings, what creates a better player experience, I think that's a win. What are some of your top priorities coming in? My top priorities? Well, I think that um, establishing some continuity around the things that we're doing well. Remember where I started this conversation, we're the best development league in the world. And so I think that we need to protect our flank in that regard. We need to continue to be the best on-ice product. We need to be the best choice for families. And so that connects to off-ice, that connects to the scholarships, that connects to the billet families, it connects to the player experience. I think we've got a lot of great things going there that we have to continue. I think that we also have to figure out how we can be a viable place for a U.S.-born player. Uh, I would like to see more U.S.-born players in the western part of the country choosing the Western Hockey League because it's an incredible opportunity. It's an incredible gateway for them to become a prospect for the National Hockey League. And if it doesn't work out, to continue their education um, in a way that is low risk. And so I think that so those are some of the things ahead that I have, have my eyes on. And you're following in the footsteps of the longest-serving commissioner in league history. What do you think Ron Robison's legacy will be? Well, I think that um, I could go on for quite a long time about that, but I think that the, the two things that really stand out to me are the work he's done with the education program. Um, and there's no question that we're setting players up for success uh, when they're finished here in the Western League. And that's no small feat. And it comes with the collaboration and commitment and buy-in of the owners. Um, there's $2.5 million being spent this year to fund 350 alumni's um, post-secondary education. And Ron's been at the center of that and at the heart of it. And, um, and so that's one. And then the other piece of it that I'm still learning a lot about is Ron has done a lot of work with the Respect Group, with Sheldon Kennedy, ex-WHL player, around making an impact around hockey culture, around setting standards, around zero tolerance for any of the things that could be deemed uh, to offer bias, lack of inclusivity, and that type of thing. And um, I admire the work Ron has done. My commitment is to continue that work to keep us at the forefront as it relates to what our role is in setting hockey culture for the future and expecting everyone associated with our league to abide by that and to believe in it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Dan, and good luck with the move north. Thanks so much. It's been great. You're listening to the WHL This Week, Radio Edition. Well, Cole Reshney is the name you'll be hearing more in the years ahead. He's only 16. He's starting to be a regular contributor with the Victoria Royals. He's fresh off representing Canada at the World Under-17 Challenge in PEI. I caught up with Cole on the island. Cole Reshney's having a great 16-year-old season in the WHL so far, nearly a point-a-game player. Uh, Cole, I chat with you after a 14-game point streak. Uh, did you think that life in the WHL as a 16-year-old would be this easy so far? Uh, no, it, uh, I definitely didn't think it was going to be easy. Uh, it hasn't been that easy, but uh, just uh, playing with guys, I think certain guys kind of helped me out to get those points. But no, it's definitely not easy. It's, it's a tough league, definitely a, a jump, but uh, I think I've adapted pretty well. Let's talk about the players you have been playing with. Sometimes it's great for a young player to come in and be paired to some veterans, you know, make them feel more comfortable, allow you to make some plays. Uh, who's it been this year for you? Yeah, it's kind of been Dawson Pasternak ever since he came in. Uh, he's an older guy. Uh, 
Uh, he's a great player to play with. Uh, he's undersized, but he's very smart, fast, skilled. Uh, I think we, we complement each other very well. He's a, he, Like I said, he's a very smart player, so it's nice to have a guy like that on your line. You're from Macklin, Saskatchewan. Uh, you're you're a guy that came in and played four games last year with the Royals, and that has to be a huge help going into this season, knowing the surroundings, knowing Victoria. I mean, this is a pretty big jump for a Prairie guy to come to the island and play some hockey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those last uh, last year, those four games definitely helped me uh, kind of getting a feel for the league, you know, how, how the the games played and how big the guys are, how, how much faster and stronger I get to get. So yeah, that was a big part of my summer after after playing those four games. Now let's talk about being in Victoria, playing in this city. You know, it's a, it's a great WHL market. Uh, the team is starting to come out now after you know a few years of, of missing the playoffs here. What's the what's the vibe like in Victoria? What's it like here? No, it's great. It's obviously it's an unbelievable city, beautiful, and and a great city to play hockey. And uh, honestly, couldn't ask for a better city to, to play. In, and I'm I'm very happy with it so far. So yeah, it's it's like you said, it's a great city pretty important road trip coming up in the new year right a chance to go back home and you smile when I say that because I know how important it is to play some Western Hockey League games near your hometown or you know in a city like Saskatoon where you played some minor hockey uh, you must be looking forward to hitting the hitting the road in January yeah no exactly I've I've had that start on my calendar ever since the start of the season but yeah no I, I can't definitely can't wait for that trip I I know all the South guys on our, our team can't wait too, but yeah, I know I think it'll be a, a big road trip for us, and it'll, it would be a fun one. You flew over Saskatchewan already to get to PEI, and that was for the uh, World Under 17 Challenge, where you played for Team Canada Red. Uh, you had a good tournament. I know you guys didn't win, but uh, that's an experience I think you look forward to as a 16-year-old, right? Like, I don't want to say highlight of the year, but but that's a, that's a pretty big event. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, all summer that's what I was working for in the start of the season, and. I was kind of uh, pretty pretty grateful to, to be selected and play on, in that tournament. It was a very special tournament to play in. Uh, lots of great guys uh, playing playing with old buddies there too and, and getting to hang out with them. So, no, that was great. Uh, a very, very competitive tournament. And obviously, we didn't get the result. But, no, it was a great experience, uh, that first first uh, kind of taste of Canada hockey and, and uh, playing uh, at the international level. I'm not sure how aware you are, but that puts you on sort of that path for, for Canada's World Junior team when you get older. I know you're 16, but it comes up awful quick here. Uh, playing for Canada, wearing the Maple Leaf, you know, maybe at a World Junior level sometimes, does that motivate you? How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, even, even ever since a little kid, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. So, uh, yeah, that was obviously a great start just to kind of get into the program of excellence there and, and get a little taste of it. But, no, yeah, it's definitely an honor to wear, wear the Maple Leaf uh, at a tournament like that. And, uh, yeah, a world junior will, will be definitely one of my goals, uh, playing, playing as a junior hockey player. Cole, when you came into the WHL, did you have some role models uh, in this league that you wanted to play like or, you know, knew or maybe skated with in the summer and thought, you know, that'd be pretty neat. Uh, I, I want to see what I can take from their game and bring that into my first year in my WHL career. Yeah, I uh, skated with Connor McLennan for, for a while now, and he's, he's obviously a great player in this league. He, he wasn't very big either, so no, I... I tried to just uh, look look what he did and, and see how much success he had, and then kind of kind of play like that. Obviously, we're we're a bit bit of different players, but no, he he's not that that big of a player. But yeah, so he had he had a lot of success in this league. So I, I looked at that, and uh, that motivates motivates me too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one to look up to for sure. You're in Victoria. The Royals have undergone a coaching change. You're you're starting to emerge here. We mentioned as we talk, you're a few games over 500. You're right in the middle of the conference. You're second in the BC division. What's the mood and the feel around what this Royal team is capable of this year Cole? Yeah I know all the guys are pretty excited obviously we, we're, we're having a good bounce back season so far the 
the coaching change has helped too, and I think it's great to have a guy like like James Patrick come in and, and uh, uh, teach us some new things. I think uh, all the guys have been uh, uh, working hard for this, and they want to make the playoffs this year. So that's that's our main goal, and and we're all we're all striving for that. Yeah, Colt, you got some exciting years ahead in this league, and we'll watch you develop as it goes on. Thanks for being our guest here on WHL This Week. Yeah, thank you very much. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. The Medicine at Tigers have some weapons, one being NHL draft-eligible forward Andrew Basha. He's the Tempo WHL Player of the Week after registering four goals and two assists in two games. Voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli, has more. Bash, it's been quite the start for you guys, and, and it's always interesting. I always like to see it when you're in on the score sheet and highlighted with your Player of the Week honors. You have another four-goal game. It's the second time in your career you've got a four-goal game in your career, both at home ice. Uh, but just take me through that performance that it was against the Brandon Wheat Kings and how it came about and you know how things were going for yourself and now finding you're, you're in a spot where you've got 31 points on the season so far. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it was good. I mean, um, you know, anytime, uh, you know, even any sport you play, anytime, uh, you know, the, the the puck or the ball or whatever is kind of going in like that every time, uh, just seems like everything's going right in those uh, those games. And um, you know, fortunately, like you said, it, you know, I've done it before, and um, it's it's certainly always a good feeling. And um, you know, I think uh, you know the best part about that is uh, you know you're really putting. Uh, putting your mark on the game and, and giving your chance, you know, uh, you know, your team a really good chance to win that game. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, happy to, you know, have gotten, uh, you know, that win or that game and, um, you know, obviously a, a great feeling. So kind of looking at that, you get to three. Yeah. Hattrick, you've had a good night. Maybe a packet it. you don't, and you get that late one to make it for, you know, what, at what point do you kind of look, okay, I, I can go for four here. I got a shot at this. Um, I mean, I don't know if it, you know, I, you know, I think I try not to, you know, maybe think about what I want or or I want for or, or you know, I think any game you try not to really think about that. And uh, for me, I just try to kind of take it one shift at a time. But uh, you know, I think you know maybe um, once I got to three, I think you know I kind of knew it. You know, it's maybe possible because I had done it before, but uh, I wasn't really too worried about it. Um, you know, I guess it just happened. So through the year team shuffle lines but this year it's been you Tyler McKenzie and Caden Lindstrom since the practically the drop of the puck against Calgary and you've Caden's up to 20 goals now Tyler McKenzie your captain getting in on the double digits you're close to it you're 31 po- or you were 32 points now you're just back of Caden Lindstrom just how like th- that group that th- three it wasn't sh- I wasn't sure if it was going to be that line at the start of the year but it's just sort of created itself on its own and you know what has it been like playing with the captain and a talent like Caden who's have you two have the exact same goal right now with being successful with this group but obviously there's some NHL draft aspirations here coming up in the summer yeah um you know they're they're both very good players and uh you know great people so um you know I kind of knew uh all summer that I was gonna be playing with uh Caden um you know wasn't sure about uh you know who uh who our line mate was gonna be and um, you know, guess, you know, like you said, just kind of came in and and that's what it was. And, uh, you know, we've played some really good hockey together and, um, you know, we found some great chemistry and, um, you know, Tyler's, uh, you know, it's been good. It's been, uh, you know, kind of a breakout start for him a little bit in a sense. And, uh, you know, it's great to see, you know, he's a great leader for us and, 
um you know obviously with Caden he's a, a you know he's a, a great player and, and a beast out there and um you know like you said we you know we uh we share the you know the exact same goals um you know for for this year especially so um you know we're just uh you know looking to you know continue playing good and and continuing to you know build our game and grow our chemistry and um you know like you said earlier we're you know just about a third into the season so you know tons of hockey to be played and uh you know I I still think we have a lot more to show so that kind of leads into my next point is that there's so much more hockey to be played and a lot can go right and a lot can go wrong and you know what's going to be kind of the difference here as we get in that final stretch before Christmas and then we saw what this team did last year when Christmas is where you had to turn it on to try and make the playoffs but it's a little bit of a different story this time and you're trying to make that next step and you know win around potentially two and you know there's always championship aspirations with this group coming in and just kind of how this stretch and going into the new year is going to look like for the Massanet Tigers yeah I mean uh you know we've we've certainly had a great start but uh I think that you know that's no reason to kind of lay off the gas pedal I mean um you know this league there's there's too many good teams and um you know it's too deep of a league to you know take any nights off so um you know kind of as we spoke about uh, earlier you know coming off a tough loss like Swift Current you know games like these on the weekend are, are what is kind of going to define us and um, you know, we need to make sure that we can get these two. And, um, you know, like you said, we, we, you know, we made the playoffs. We made that jump last year. And, um, you know, that second half was uh, a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, you know, it was pretty crazy getting into the playoffs there. So, um, you know, we're, we're just looking to, you know, not really trying. We don't want to break our backs uh, in a situation like that. You know, we want to make sure we're getting the wins early uh, to make our lives a bit easier, you know, once it comes to that time. So, um, just being ready every night is what's most important for us. Now more to yourself here. Uh, you're ranked as a B skater with plenty of room for to climb up the rankings. Uh, you, you came in as an 05 and a fifth-round pick of the Tigers a few years ago, and you started the year as, a, as an underager with the South Alberta Hockey Academy. You get called up to the big club in a tough season that it was, and it evolves from there. You, you have a great season last season. You're just building off of that as well going to this one. What's that been? That development process been like for yourself to get to the point that you're at now, and you're, you're seeing the work that you've put in probably ever since you were a little kid to now with an opportunity to hear your name called in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, I've never lost focus of, you know, what my goals are and, and, and my dreams and all that. And, uh, I knew that, you know, I always knew that, you know, this year was, you know, going to be my first year of draft, draft eligibility. And, um, you know, I've been working towards this, you know, since I was a little kid. So, uh, like you said, uh, you know, when I kind of got sent back to, you know, Saha, um, I was certainly disappointed, but, um, you know, I still say that, uh, you know, without that, I certainly wouldn't be where I am uh, right now. Um, so I really uh, am grateful for the opportunity that I had. Uh, kind of that whole 16 season was uh, laid out very well for me and um, getting to come up and um, get, you know, maybe more opportunity than I would on, on a different club that was doing better. So, um, you know, it was just uh, another another year and another chance for me to learn. And, um, and last year, I think... Uh, you know, I had goals of, uh, you know, certain goals and some I hit, some I didn't. Um, and, you know, that's just part of it. And, you know, same thing with this year is, you know, just making sure that, uh, you know, I'm working hard and, and not, you know, getting caught up in all that draft stuff, you know, just trying to, um, you know, take it day by day and, um, you know, 
saying that it's certainly uh, an exciting time is, is, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, maybe be picked by an NHL club is something that, uh, you know, is unbelievable. So. Bash, appreciate doing this and best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks, Gino. Hey, that's the show this week. Big thanks to our guests and a special thanks to Cammie Kepke in the WHL office and Gino in Medicine Hat. Thanks very much. I'm John Keane. Have a great weekend.